If Jesus were to come back today, would you be ready? Well, there's a sobering question. Would you be ready? I have another question, though. Do you know what ready looks like? Because if you were to ask that question or answer that question, you'd have to know first, what does ready look like? Well, do you know where to find what ready looks like? Well, let me tell you, he's coming back for a bride, his church, his church, not a building. He's not coming back for buildings. He's coming back for people, his bride. But he's looking for some very specific qualities. And that's what we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at from the apostle, well, John, I don't know, do we call John an apostle? I don't think so. John, who wrote the book of Revelation through a revelation. And so if you'll go to, to Revelation chapter 2, you'll see it's red letters in your Bible, which means Jesus is giving that revelation to John. So he begins to, this, this book of Revelation starts with these seven churches. These seven churches were actual churches in modern-day Turkey. The first one we're going to talk about today is Ephesus. But before we go there, you can turn to Revelation chapter 2 if you have your Bible or the app. You can go there. Uh, if you think that Jesus is coming back tomorrow, he may. If you know he's coming back tomorrow, uh, I would question that. Because the Bible says nobody knows the day or the hour except the Father. Except the Father in heaven. I want to let you know that, that there are signs all around us that may indicate that Jesus is preparing for his return, but I would not want to go to, we're not going down that path. We're not going to be looking at the signs. Because when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back for the signs, he's coming back for you. <laughs> and he's coming back for your heart. And it's to make our heart ready for his return is really what we need to be focusing on. So I'll tell you what, I've been around a little bit. I'm almost 50, and uh, I can tell you, I've been around, I remember the Gulf War. I remember uh, Y2K, you know, year 2000, everything was going to shut down because the computers forgot some zero and some sequencing. I waited up all night. I had canned goods. I, I put a hand pump on my well. I was ready to lose power, and nothing happened. Then we had year 2012, the Mayan calendar. Remember the mysterious Mayan calendar? The world was going to end then. And then we have 2020, COVID-19, global pandemic. Now, I'm not diminishing any one of those events. They were serious. We should be considering them. But everything that I've learned in all of this is realizing that we could get so distracted by the signs and we can look at all those conspiracy theories. If you're a conspiracy theorist, I want to encourage you, stop watching all of those things or trying to figure everything out. Or I should say, if you do, make sure you have the equal balance of time you're spending with the Lord and his word because so much of it can be a distraction for you. What's going to happen? They're going to have a vaccine that's a barcode and we're not going to be able to buy or sell anything until we have the barcode. You don't need to worry about that. Because guess what? Jesus is coming back sometime. We are either going to meet him in person when he comes from the sky face to face or we're going to die. Either one of them. I think it's important for us to get ready for meeting Jesus, right? So we have to be rooted in God's word. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when I was a kid, I had the hell scared out of me. 
<laughs> really, I did. I went to one of those seminars as a youth or those little gatherings and, and, and there was a person who was on there and he had a record. And if you play the record backwards, you know, back masking, right? All oh, the secret messages if you play a record backwards. <laughs> Oh, and I did. I was like, oh my word, what is, what is all that stuff? I better, like, I better not listen to that. Now there's some truth to understanding what we listen to, what we pay attention to, but can I just encourage you? Let's pay attention to God and his word and Jesus. You will never fail if you do that. Okay, let me just tell you another quick dream I had, and then we're going to jump right into this scripture. So when I was in my 20s, I had a dream I had a dream that um, I was above um, churches, probably, I don't know, a thousand feet in the air, like I was overlooking, so I could see multiple churches, and their roofs were not on, so I could see inside these churches. I remember hearing a trumpet, and I knew that Jesus was coming. I knew that Jesus was coming. You liked that trumpet, didn't you? I, I, hopefully that didn't hurt your ears back at home here. But Jesus was coming in my dream, and I looked, and, and people were worshiping. Well, worshiping, I, I shouldn't say that. People were singing Jesus songs, and they were completely unaware to Jesus' return. And I woke up, and that shook me, and it forever stayed with me to realize that could it be that people are feeling his church and not even prepared and aware of his return. That's a sobering thought. Now, you're just saying, I thought you were not supposed to like uh, come up with all these crazy things. That was a dream you had. So how's that true or not true? Well, here we go. In, in Acts chapter two, verse seven, you'll see it on your screen, which is actually quoting Joel chapter two. It says this, and in the last days it shall be. God declares, this is a declaration from God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, I wasn't quite old when I was dreaming that dream. I'm a little bit older today. The reality is God does want to speak to us, and he wants to communicate but it's really important that we understand that we, because we don't know the hour, we don't know the, the time, that we prepare our hearts to be ready for whatever he has. I was praying last night at dinner, and, uh, and probably because this message was on my heart, and, and I prayed a prayer kind of like, and God, if our life is taken from us today, let us be ready. And <laughs> I always say it, amen. One of my children goes, Dad, that was kind of a morbid prayer. <laughs> but, but it's true. We don't know when our time is up. We don't know when our time is up. Well, in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus talks to a church in, the, in Ephesus. And he gives them this letter and, and every single one of these letters has the, kind of the same format. First of all, Jesus tells us something about himself. And then next, he goes into talking about the church. He says, this is what you're doing well. This is what you should not be doing. And then give them a call to action. So in Revelation chapter 2, we're going to read this. 
And I want you, as we're reading this um, together, I want you to begin to not think, oh, he's talking to that church. I want you to think that he's talking to you and me, you and I, right? Because everything he talks about is actually, when he says the church, the bride, is people, that means us. It's kind of short, so I'll, I'll, I'll get right through this. Revelation chapter two. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. But you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet, this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolodians, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The reading of God's word. So we got to understand a little bit of, of so we're starting with understanding who Jesus is. We're, we're understanding this is who Jesus is in this, this per, first church. He says he's the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. So what are these stars and what are these lampstands? Well, you know, I'm just a very sophisticated Bible scholar, and I will tell you what the seven stars mean. They mean the seven angels or the seven messengers that are associated to these churches. And the right hand, God's authority in the right hand, amongst the seven golden lampstands, those seven golden lampstands are the churches that he's talking about. And, and I'm so scholarly to know how to, how to discern that. If you just jump up into uh, Revelation 1, Jesus actually tells us before we get to 2 who the lampstands are and who the stars are. So I'm not interpreting much there. It's in black, well, it's actually red letters in my Bible, what they mean. Well, this is important, though, to understand that, um, by the way, the, the interpretation of angel is actually messenger, so whether or not we have guardian angels of, or of churches or there are messengers placed in churches, whether those messengers are the pastors, that is up, to, up for debate. But we do know that Jesus loves to walk through. In other words, his presence likes to be with these seven churches. And the interesting, he, he calls them lampstands because uh, last week we said, right, we want our light to shine brighter. And that is the purpose of the church is to be like a city sitting on a hill that is lit up, that we are to illuminate the goodness of who Jesus is. Okay, 
So now we need to look at what he's saying to this church. Remember, look at it from your filter, right, of how it applies to you. So here's what they're doing well. They had good works. Uh, The Bible says don't get weary in doing good works. We are supposed to be doing good works. Now, we're not saved by our works, but we are supposed to be doing something good. All right, so he's commended for their good works. They have patiently endured. And he says that twice. So there's, there's something about this life that we have to endure. We have to be patient while we're enduring it. So, hey, here's some good news. You got to get really good at enduring. And I think in this COVID-19 season, this has been a really good test for us to understand how to endure, right? But be patient while you're enduring. He says this, um, another good thing, you haven't put up with evil. So my question is, are we putting up with evil or not? Ask the question. The, the interesting thing about tolerance, we're, we're taught tolerance, and it's okay to be tolerant, but are we tolerating evil? We tolerate people, but do we tolerate evil? Think about that for a moment. Then they also said, hey, I have, you're, good job. You've tested those who call themselves apostles. Remember in the scripture, it says, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? You know, we cast out demons, we, we healed, we did basically all the spiritual miracles. And Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. It's possible that people can be going around proclaiming Jesus and, procl- and doing all these things without actually a personal relationship with Jesus. By the way, I would really caution you for anybody who tells you, well, God told me this and therefore this is what needs to take place. I would just caution that because we get unctions and we get feelings and we get, um, and we get these senses of what God is saying. But, but when people start saying God told me, and especially if their God's telling you and it's going against what the group or the leadership is doing, beware, beware. Okay, next, he says, you hated the Nickelodeons. Uh, By the way, the Nickelodeons were these. These were followers of Nicholas, very similar um, to the followers of Balaam. Uh, Nicholas was one that actually uh, was kind of mixed in his theology. So he said, you know, he was in the church, he infiltrated the church, but here's what they did. They, they were like, we're going to eat food sacrificed to idols, and it's okay to have multiple sexual partners. So he had idolatry, and, and he also had this, this unholy way of looking at sexuality. And, and he basically was saying, hey, I'm justifying it because I want to feed my flesh, and I found a theology that would work, and, and here Jesus is addressing those who are followers of, of Nicholas, the Nickelodeons, who basically said, good thing that you didn't put up with them. Okay, so now here he has some things against them. This is what he says. You've abandoned your first love, his first love for God and for others. Then he says, if you don't repent, which is gonna be the call to action here, if you don't repent, I'm removing the lampstand, the very thing, the stand that holds the lamp. So your light no longer will shine bright. 
So the call to action, remember there's always three things there. It's like, this is what you're doing well. This is what I have against you. Now your call to action. His call to action, Jesus' call to reaction, call to action for the church in Ephesus is repentance. By the way, it's when Jesus starts saying something to you, which is a corrective thing, and if you don't repent, I'd be cautious Man, Jesus is calling something out in you. Because here he says, if you don't repent, I'm removing your lampstand. Then he says, call to action. Have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. The Spirit of God is wanting to say something to us. And usually it's calling us to a place of greater holiness, calling us to a place of repentance. He's calling us closer to the Lord. All right. I want to let you know, this is, these are some things that Jesus cares about. When we're saying, talking about your first love and talking about the things that, that are the way to get close to Jesus uh, and serving him and serving others, you just have to look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25 tells us, like, how, how are we to live? How are we to be a church that's ready for his return? How are we be a person ready to meet Jesus? Matthew 25 goes on to this. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. By the way, I just want to let you know about prison. Uh, We have an amazing prison ministry. I really want to thank um, Pastor Bill Pelletier. He's been so good to get um, our heart as a church in the prison system. Uh, when we could meet, we were doing Celebrate Recovery, uh, mentoring program going on there. Unfortunately, we can't um, be in contact right now, but some letters are being translated back and forth. And one of the letters that we got was a big thank you, said, you know what, we're a part of Grace Capital Church and we've never stepped foot in Grace Capital Church. And the reason they're saying that is because they are loved by the people of Grace Capital Church who will go in and visit and spend time with them. So I just want to say thank you. You are living out this message that Jesus has asked us to live. So you want to know the things that God cares about. He cares about the least of these in Matthew chapter 25. If you want to look it up later, it starts in verse 35. Then he says, this I have against you. You forgot your first love or you lost your first love. And I would say, you know, how do we love? And what does our first love look like? Right? How do we love? We love like 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I had this thought. Now, if you want to steal it from me and you, know, you can get the credit for it, I think I want to create a love app. A love app that at the end of each day, like your Fitbit tells you, like, how did you do? Did you get 10,000 steps today? But your love app would like, how'd you do on your love today? And it would ask me questions like this and then I would rate myself and I would see if every week I'm, or every day I'm getting better. But in 1 Corinthians 13, Starts, um, starts here. I think, where is it? Oh, yes. Love is patient. I'd rate myself. How patient was I today? Love is kind. Did I get a five-star, four-star? How kind was I today? Love does not envy or boast. How is my pride today? I rate myself. It's not arrogant or rude. Was I rude? Siblings, you're watching this? 
All right, siblings, you watch this. Don't be rude to each other. Rate yourself. Did I do five stars or four stars? <laughs> Somebody's got to develop this app. I think it would be good. I know it helped me. <laughs> All right, then we go here. Um, love is not rude, does not insist on its own way. I got to work on that one. It's not irritable. Got to work on that one. Is not resentful. I'm okay there. Uh, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Sometimes, if they deserve it, no, it's not good, um, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I need to work on my love. But he says, Jesus addressing this church, that we, we lost our first love. Okay, here we go. We're, we're going to get real practical here. You ready? This is how we're going to get ready for the trumpet or the flash. And I'm going to call it the trumpet or the flash because the trumpet is like Jesus is coming back. The flash is you're taken out of this life. And, and the Bible says that when we're apart from, you know, when we die, that we become in a flash united with him for those who are followers of Jesus. By the way, if you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus yet, real simple, invite Jesus into your life. It's a spiritual thing. And he, he comes through invitation. Invite him into your life and, and let him start doing a work in your life, in your heart. It does require repentance. It does require belief, what he did on the cross, you know, uh, and he took away our sin. But just invite Jesus into your life. Make him the Lord of your life. But are you ready for the trumpet or the flash? I, I came up with these four things. They're going to sound quirky, but hopefully they'll make them stick in your mind. So here we go. Number one. Kiss like you did at first. Kiss like you did at first. Now, for those of you who are young in watching this at home, don't try kissing like you did at first, right? I'm just talking about like when you first were dating and that first kiss, you were so in love or maybe you got married and, and that was your first kiss. That's not a bad time for a first kiss, by the way, is when you first get married. Your first kiss, right? It's just like you love that person, you want to spend time with them. You stayed up late talking to them over chat, over phone, right? You, um, you just wanted to write letters to them. Uh, well, that was my era, writing letters. Today, texting. But do what you did at first is what he's saying. I remember when I first fell in love with Jesus, I could not get out of his word. And I'm so grateful that I still love his word. But do those things that you did at first. Kiss like you did at first. Next is be Enduromax. Be Enduromax. <clears throat> now, why is that? So there's a, there's a bearing. It's called the Enduromax bearing. It's, it's meant for um, mountain bikes, for your wheels. And that Enduromax bearing is like the supreme bearing that can go over rough terrain. It endures. It can handle all kinds of being beat up on. So I'm saying be the Enduromax. And this is what he's saying. When hardship comes in life, it's okay, stay steady with Jesus. He'll get you through. Be the Enduromax bearing, right? It won't be easy. And most likely be contrary to the world. But you can do it. Kiss like you did at first. Be the Enduromax. And then next, no mixology. No mixology. Mixology, if you were to ever look that up, is, is learning to mix drinks in a bar. And this is what I'm talking about mixology is, is mixed affections. You know, when he's talking about the Nickelodeons, when he was talking about the, 
the prophets that were false prophets, he was really talking about compromised life. That those who still wanted to live for the flesh, but, um, but kind of wanted God too. It's kind of like friends with benefits. Like you kind of want this, but you're not really living up to the standards over here. You're not living up with integrity over here. So no mixology, no mixed affections. Have one pure love for God, for Jesus and his word and love one another. Don't try to put one foot in the world and one foot with God. It will mess you up every time because the world will play on your flesh, play on your mind. Kiss like you did at first. Be enduromax, no mixology. And lastly, poke the box. Poke the box. The whole idea of poking the box is to, um, is to test something, right? This is a box, like, what happens if I poke the box? Is a, is a joker gonna jump out of it and scare me? Is it going to be, you know, is there a snake in there? Poke the box. I think that's really important. Actually, this is the analogy on the, on the false prophet or the, the, the prophets who said we, we did these things in Jesus' name. I think it's really important to test what I'm saying. Are you going back into scripture? Are you listening and saying, hey, I'm testing that. I'm poking that box. I want to make sure, hey, that person that said, God told me, hey, poke around a little bit. Look about, look how they're loving people. Look at the, how they're presenting themselves in unity. Look at those signs that would indicate, is that really God speaking or is there something else behind that? Now you can do it kindly. You don't have to be mean about it. But poke the box. It's important. There is all kinds of stuff out there that's filling our minds with craziness. You go on the internet, you start looking at conspiracy theory and you start looking at end times. You start looking at poke the box. See if it lines up with scripture. <laughs> all right. Kiss like you did at first. Be enduromax. No mixology. And poke the box. We got that? Did you write those down? Did you take notes? Did you have a visual image? Kiss like you did at first. Mountain bike that bearing, endure hardship, and be enduro max. No mixology. You know, swirl that drink around. What, what, what makes a good mixed drink is you can't taste alcohol, right? That's the way the world is. We'll make it so sweet for you, you won't even know what you're drinking and then it's too late. And then poke the box. Man, this is a time for us to be true to Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to know that we are hearing clearly. The clearest way is to be in God's word. Clearest way is to be in God's word. Matthew 24, verse 31 says this. The great trumpet will sound. And he will send out his angels to the four corners of the earth. And they will gather his chosen people from one end to the other end. At some point, it is going to happen. The great trumpet will sound and he will send his angels to the four corners of the earth and they will gather his chosen people. I want you to be a chosen person. We're chosen by understanding who Jesus is, what he's done in our life, and what he's looking for in our lives. 
The first writing, the first letter to the church of Ephesus tells us about our first love. If there's anything you walk away with today is keep loving Jesus like you loved him when you first met him. Love his word. Oh man, love his word. Be in his word. It will keep you grounded. It will keep you in the right place. But build a relationship because you could be doing a lot of good things. But not knowing Jesus personally will mean that you don't have that opportunity to be known by him. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.